episode 103 children of shame in this episode i want us to discuss how children of shame become adults of shame how we can grow up in shame grow up in guilt and grow up in all those nasty hateful hurtful emotions and how it just affects who we become when we grow up and how we can't do anything without guilt or shame being in the picture. We can't express ourselves. We can't be ourselves. We can't do what we want to do. You know, we really just can't honor the truth of who we are without allowing guilt and shame to stop us. So that's what I want us to discuss today. If you are new to the podcast, what's up? Salutations. Thank you kindly for being here. And I really do hope you enjoy the show. If you are coming back for another episode, I am so appreciative and I'm thankful for you. What's up, cuz? What it? What it? You know? I'm just thankful that you're back and I hope you get something out of this show too. In the first segment, we're going to discuss not letting a child do things for them. In the second segment, we're going to talk about judging your child's choices and even telling them not to cry. In the third segment, we're going to talk about setting expectations too high, expectations that they couldn't possibly live up to, expectations that you probably haven't lived up to, and how it's just unsustainable, it's unfair, and it's unloving. So hopefully you guys get something out of this. My intention for this episode is just to, you know, bring a little bit more shame to shame and just hopefully give someone permission to come up out of it, to let it go, to resist it, and to not let it affect tomorrow, even if it ruined today. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode in three, two, one. Deborah Levy said, I wanted to die of shame, but everyone insisted on keeping me alive. I had to live. This quote resonates with me so much because as a kid, you know, growing up in a shame, growing up in the shame and the pain and devastation and the trauma of being gay and my family was very overwhelming. It was 
outlandish. It was deeply saddening. It was fiercely volatile and a bunch of other things. And it just really just riddled me with shame. And even when I got mad about it and hated them and resented them and stuff like that, the shame was already in my system. It was already in my brain. And it made me feel like crap. It made me feel less than. It made me feel weak. It made me feel like nothing. And it made me feel like not wanting to exist. It made me just feel like dirt. It just made me feel invisible. And shame does that to you. You know, so often, excuse me, y'all, you know, it's somebody outside with the motorcycle or whatever, doing donuts or whatever. So if that catches on, you know, please forgive me in advance. But when we get caught up in cycles where we're dealing with parents that don't allow us to do things for ourselves, you know what I'm saying, that don't allow us to do things for us. A lot of times it's because they come from parents that don't allow them to have the same thing. But I feel like, you know, my life, my childhood taught me that one of the best things you can give your child is the freedom to make their own choices and the freedom to be who they want to be. You know, it's just really a powerful lesson. Not having it, not having that made the power and the freedom, the power of that more powerful to me. It made me crave that sense of freedom and authenticity, you know, and I'm grateful for those experiences because I do nothing without that understanding. If I'm not going to be able to be free and be myself and be authentic in whatever experience, situation, whatever that I'm going to be in, I don't want it. And it means that much to me. You know, having to fight for it for a long time made it mean that much to me. So many of us, we grew up in situations where we want to be this, we want to do this, we want to go to this school, we want to go to that school. You know, there's this kid that might want to go to Juilliard for dance, but his dad doesn't want him to and says, I'm not going to pay for that. Either you're going to go to Yale or Stanford or you're not going to go at all. And now this person has to become embedded in a life they hate. They have to become a person they hate because you won't allow them to do what they love. You want them to do what's practical. You want them to do what you want them to do. And you're pretty much raising them and grooming them to be self-servient, I believe, subservient. And you're grooming them to live a life for other people and not for themselves. And I feel like that's the life that a lot of people live when a lot of us go on to live lives that we hate, work jobs that we hate, you know, being in marriages that we hate, kicking around folks that we hate or can't stand. And we just go on autopilot because we've never been taught or allowed to do anything for ourselves. So we've been so okay with just having whatever and existing in whatever and tolerating and settling for whatever. What if you stopped fucking settling? What if you put your foot down and like Yana says, put one boundary in the sand. They try to cross that when you put another one down and don't let it go past that. You have to start living the life you want to live. There are lots of people that gonna that are going to hate and, you know, be mad and resentful of you doing that. But believe me, when you really start paying attention and opening your eyes, you'll find that it's not hate at all. It's really admiration. They have this admiration, appreciation that they can't call that they can't see as positive because you're doing something they're not doing. You're showing up in a way that they aren't. And they may be mean mugging you, but they're really admiring the balls you have to be who you want to be, to do what you want to do. 
I've gotten so many looks in my life from dudes and people just looking at me like I'm crazy, you know, because I might have on a shirt that might be a little too fitted. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a stocky dude and I got big shoulders, chest and the whole, you know, and I like to showcase my stuff sometimes. And I've had dudes kind of flash me looks and as opposed to, you know, it looks mean and hateful on the surface, but on the inside, I honestly think it's the admiration of what the hell you got going on that makes you feel like you can be comfortable enough to live that that way to live out loud to do what you want to do if i did that people would say so and so people would think i'm this people would think i'm that people would accuse me of all kinds of things and i think it's just the admiration of freedom so what if you put yourself in a place where you stopped allowing other people to make you feel guilty and shamed for doing what works for you because you have to if you don't you're going to die and you know if I, you know I'm telling the truth. If you've been doing it, letting people do it, then you've been dying and you've been unhappy. Craig D. Lounsborough said, Shame is embarrassment multiplied against itself until it dies under its own weight and we with it. Forgiveness is freedom multiplied against a cross until it flies under its own liberation and we with it. Kind of piggybacking off the last segment with talking about courage and admiration when it comes to dealing with the relationship you may have with your parents or your family. You may be someone that experiences a lot of your parents judging your choices, you know, what does that make you feel like? A lot of us know that it makes us feel like crap. And a lot of us have gotten to a place where we just accept that's just the way my mom is. That's just the way my dad is. And we allow them this space into our life. We give them this direct track into our decision making, into the thing, into the decisions we make for ourselves, into the lives we build for ourselves. And instead of just getting to that place of telling them, no, that's not going to work for me. I would very much so like you to not have opinions about my life anymore. You know, these days, you're no longer a parent to me. You will always be my parent because you gave birth to me, raised me, that whole kind of thing. But these days, when, when I'm, a, I'm an adult and I really just need you when I need an encouraging word or when I need you on a consult consultant basis and I have to consult you before you start offering advice because you know most times you come with unsolicited advice and it puts me in a jam and makes me uncomfortable and it makes me feel like I can't be myself with you it makes me feel like I can't share intimate parts of my life with you because you'll be ready to judge you'll be ready to be opinionated you'll be ready to be envious you'll be ready to be dark you'll be ready to be a number of different things and I don't want that for us I want our relationship to be better. Maybe there, you know, your relationship with your mom and your dad wasn't good, but I want to learn from those mistakes and I want us to have a better chance. And for us to have a better chance, I'm going to need you to mind your business. I'm going to need you to back up out of mine. I'm going to need you to share less opinions. You usually share on average about eight opinions every day. How about we cut that in half? How about we cut that in half again and bring the eight to two and just bring it down? It's suffocating and it's unsustainable. 
So many of us, we also deal with parents that are very vicious and very hurtful and self-loathing. And a lot of them, you know, be this way to get reactions out of us. And some of us are open, vulnerable and sensitive enough to actually cry and show that vulnerability and emotion in front of them. And a lot of them try to take advantage of that and pounce when they see your guard is down or when they see you are hurt. And you've probably trained yourself to think because they do that you shouldn't cry and that you're never going to cry again or you know life isn't worth crying for no one is, is worth crying for and I'm here to tell you that as long as you talk like that and believe like that you will be you, you are dying even quicker it's because you are postponing you are creating blockages in your emotional energy and your emotional track for your emotions to come up as you feel them as you experience them you don't have to cry in front of that person. You don't have to break down in front of that person, but allow yourself to share those emotions. Allow yourself to be able to be honest with yourself and say when that hurts, when that disappoints me. For a long time, I struggled with that thing of, I'm not gonna give nobody the room to cry and give nobody the room to, you know, make me sad or make me just like ball or cry because I'm strong and I've always had to be strong. And a lot of that having to always be strong comes from people that feel that way themselves. You know, I've never seen my mom or dad cry or, you know, really get sad. It's just always, you know, even-tempered or mad as hell, madder than a wet cat on a Sunday. No sadness. I learned very early it wasn't room for my sadness in my house, in my household. You know what I mean? Even when I became an adult, I still learned it wasn't much, it wasn't room for my sadness, which was very upsetting. But when I started, kind of started making decisions about what I needed and what I want to feel whole, what I need to feel respected, what I need to feel valued, I realized I had to step the fuck away. I realized I had to make some decisions and I had to pull a boss move. Sometimes you got to pull out. Sometimes you just can't be around. You know, people will judge your choices. People that are not even doing what you're doing. People that are not even on your level will judge your choices. But you know what? You have to maintain the courage and the authenticity to say, no, I'm not going to let you treat me this way. Either you're going to de- this is my boundary. And either you're going to behave and move in this way or I'm going to move around. And when they don't change, you move around and let them know that you are somebody to be taken seriously. John Bradshaw said, Toxic shame also wears the face of grandiosity. Grandiosity is a disorder of the will. It can appear as narcissistic self-enlargement or worm-like helplessness. Each extreme refuses to be human. Each exaggerates. One is more than human. The other is less than human. It's definitely been my experience of noticing that when people grow up in families and situations where they don't receive the love that they need or that they feel they need, they become one of two things. They become more than human or they become less than human. They become too weak and too fragile or they become too strong, too headstrong, too arrogantly strong and insufferable. And honestly, I feel like both are actually quite insufferable. But the thing is, you have to learn how to get 
in tune with your life and your experiences, a lot of times we can go on autopilot not noticing the things that we're doing. You know, like I was on autopilot for so long not realizing how angry I was. I used to be so angry and I was so hard up for a fight, y'all. I was so hard up for a fight and it's because I wanted to fight. It's because, you know, folks built up fight in me over the years because folks failed me. It's because folks filled my heart with tons of dark and hurtful different things and I couldn't be frank. I couldn't whoop their ass about it. I couldn't be violent about it because they're family, because you love them and just because, you know, we believe from karma and those just aren't things that you do it's about respect and you know as an adult you learn that people will hurt you disappoint you fail you and all the other things and you still have to make sure the stew tastes good you still have to make sure the house is clean with their mess in it so that's really just what i had to learn how to do you know and me backing up and moving around and separating myself from a lot of people, I realized I didn't feel the need to fight as much. I realized that God brought me into this period of my life of solitude, in solitude where I can hear myself think, I can hear myself feel, I can close my eyes and feel, I can close my eyes and be, I can close my eyes and cry if I want to, I can just lay out on the floor and pray, I can just lay out on the floor and whatever, so many of us get caught up in these lives where we're, just, you know, we're trying to live these expectations. You know, our parents carved out these expectations of us and what we should do and who we should be when we were kids. And we all got those, you know, all have those remarks somewhere in our subconscious, somewhere in our mind from being a kid. And, you know, we think we're living for us, but we're really still trying to make them proud and still trying to be the people they want us to be as opposed to being who you actually want to be. Some of us will come into this life and we will have to get locked up for 20 years to become the person we're supposed to be. Some of us are supposed to have seven children before we become come to terms with who we're supposed to be. Some of us might get shanked in the train station and realize who we're supposed to be and who we're supposed to become, how we're supposed to turn our life around. Some of us will be homeless for five years, sleeping in our car for 10 years, whatever, sleeping on someone's couch for two years, whatever, before we realize who we need to become but what you should not do is build your life on someone else's expectations your expectations are already dangerous enough as it is expectations are an attachment and so much so often we get caught up and we get hurt so bad because we're attached to what we want things to be I can imagine how hurtful it is to be attached to how somebody else wants things to be. And you can't please nobody but yourself. I mean, you can please people, but you can't control that. So trying to you know, manage how someone else is pleased with your behavior, with the actions you do for your life, you don't owe them that. You don't owe them nothing. A lot of us need to hear that too. The same way your parents don't owe you anything, believe me, Jack, you don't owe them nothing. One, because you didn't ask to be here. You don't owe them nothing. You don't owe them your life. Maybe they struggled and had grit, you know, grits or, or whatever to take care of you, had to, you know, do whatever to take care of you. Probably lived in very, very bad poverty, very, very bad situations. And because they or, you know, maybe they had, they used everything they had to send you to school. And because they did everything, used everything they had to send you to school, now you feel like you got to go to school for something you don't want because they spent the last of their money. No, you do not. 
I understand that you're not gonna, you don't wanna break their heart, but it's not better to break yours. In the long run, learn how to choose you. When you learn how to love you and choose you and respect you, a lot of motherfucking decisions will become easier to make. When you learn how to taste respect, you will definitely learn and notice when it's not on table. When it's not on table, I don't have to be there for that. I don't have to show up for that, but you do have to honor you. Remember that. What's up, Moonbeams? Welcome to the air segment of this episode. Here in this segment, we challenge you to take action. We challenge you to be a student. We challenge you to ask more questions, get more invested, get more involved. We're spending too much time acting like we don't care and we're staining everything we want to do, all the important stuff with that nonchalantness. And today is the day that you cut that out. Get more invested in your future. Become more invested in your success. Let's do the work. So the first letter is E. Embrace. And this is for adults or parents and children. Embrace the fact that if you're a parent, embrace the fact that your children will become adults one day and all the lessons that you're showing them, they will take with them. So whatever you are giving them too much about, whatever, you, whatever you're trying to keep them from, they will remember that. And you will only put limitations and fear in their mindset, in their subconscious, or you will make them a rebel. And they may be scared, but they're just going to force themselves to do it anyway. Be the kind of people who groom their children to be courageous and to be fearless you know, and also groom your children to actually take care of themselves. So many, so much these days, parents are grooming children with all the self-sacrifice and all the self-denigrating, you know, ideas that a lot of us have about parenthood. You know, my mom, she was the kind of person that was very, very, very giving, very giving. And I picked up the giving. But the thing is, I've always given to everyone else but myself. I would put myself on a guilt trip for buying myself a $60 pair of shoes. And I'm, I've always been the kind of person that was just so built on self-sacrificing that, you know what I'm saying, I've suffered many times and I wanted to blame other people when it was really my fault. You know what I mean? And that's not her fault. She did the best she could. And she also taught me the importance of giving. But if I also would have saw her take better care of herself, I probably would have learned how to take that initiative with myself getting older. And to the children, you know, who may have had parents that were very hard on you and, you know, didn't let you do the things that you wanted to do, didn't let you do anything for you. If you're an adult now, you have the choice to be different now. You don't have to let that mess run your life. You have to live for you. So many kids, so many people are so swallowed up in making mama proud and daddy proud and grandma proud and everybody proud. And we want everybody just to be proud of us. Oh, we want them all to be proud. Why can't you be proud of you? 
And then once you're actually proud of yourself, why can't that be enough? Why can't we live life in a way where we do what we want to do? And if people end up being proud of us or admiring what we do or what we've accomplished, great. But we're not aiming to make anyone happy but ourselves. This is your life and it's the only one that you have. So you have to do what's best for you. And you have to not let people get in the way of the things you do for yourself. You know, I got into it and I rebelled a lot as a kid with my parents because it was so many different things, especially being independent, wanting to make my own money very, very, very young and them wanting to put halts and stops on it because they wanted me to be the little boy that depended on them and be, you know, and all that. And all that was cool, too. But, you know. If anything, they taught me more about becoming myself because they were business owners and stuff and they had their own money and they made me a lot of who I am. So, yeah, you know, that though they, those kind of stories are strange sometimes, but embrace the fact that you don't have to let people control what you do. And if you're a parent, embrace the fact that you don't have to judge or control what your child does. Mind your business. Stay out of it. Moving on. The next letter is R. Remember. Remember, now this is for parents, remember that you don't have any business judging your child's choices. If they're not, a, if, they're, if they're a child and they're still living, if they still live in your house, whatever. You know what I mean? But if that child is grown and they make their own money and they don't live with you and they're doing their own thing and they're an adult, honestly, you have to back up. A lot of parents got to understand that your children will always need you. You know what I mean? My parents have been out of my life for a while. Even when they were in my life, believe me, they were out of my life. It just wasn't that closeness or bond for a long, long time since, you know, my teenage years, if that, you know what I mean? But you have to understand that sitting around judging your child's choices, judging their life, you know, critiquing who they're being, what they want to do, where they want to work, who they want to date, the car they want to drive, whatever like that, you're only going to harp and resentment and you're only going to push them away. And so many parents these days they don't care about actually pushing the children away. Everyone's disposable. Everyone, you know, and it's because you have all this, you know, hate in your heart. You have all this animosity and resentment in your heart that's probably not even for that kid. And you probably need to confront yourself and where your demons come from. But just remember, you don't have to judge your children's choices. And the last letter is A, expectations. Allow your children to set their own expectations. Understand that your child, your children, they don't have to live up to your expectations. They don't have to model their life around making you proud. They don't have to model their life around meeting your expectations. Until they leave your house, that when they leave your house, that is over with. When they're in your house, that's another story or whatever like that. Technically, they're still an adult, but... You have to find the boundaries. You know what I'm saying? We've gotten to this place where it's just so much enmeshment. There's so much, you know, so many cross boundaries. It's just out of control now. And we have to take that back and understand that your child doesn't have to live by your expectations. Your child doesn't have to become who you want them to be. They don't have to make you proud. That's what you're for. You have to make you proud and you have to mind your own business. 
I know this may be hard to hear and I know this may ruffle some feathers, but it's just so close and near and dear to my heart because it keeps so many kids. I've seen it keep so many adults, adult children up at night, crying, stressing, just all kinds of stuff. If their parents found out that they was marrying this person or dating this person or working at this place and all this other stuff and you in your 30s, 40s, 50s, baby, you got to move on with your life. Those people, they will be okay because you know what? They at home sleep. And even when they find out if they got a problem, if when they don't pay your bills, when they don't pay your bills, they don't fucking matter. You heard it here. So there you go. There you have it. Embrace, remember, and allow. If you haven't had a chance yet, please head over to Apple Podcast and please leave a comment and a rating and let us know what you think about these episodes. In the next episode, we're going to talk about you're your first priority. So you don't want to miss that. More than anything, I want to thank you guys for supporting the Medizine Cabinet where we get experimental about exploring your potential. You are strong. You are enough. You are wise and you are tough. Peace.